You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host, and uh, pleased and happy to be with you on this Saturday morning. I'll start out, as usual, with a couple of announcements. Uh, I got a, an email from uh, Commander Jeff Jones. There is going to be what is called a PAC-Act Summer Vet Fest Town Hall and Resource Fair. It'll occur on July 29th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. in North Las Vegas at the Medical Center at 6900 North Pecos, North Las Vegas 89106. So I trust that there will be some good things that they will share with uh, veterans who need some assistance. Another document I received was that the federal government, thank goodness, is going to put a few billion, in fact, $3.1 billion into addressing homelessness. And amongst that that number will be veterans. So we are pleased that there's some action that's going to be taken because about 33,000 veterans across the country lack uh, access to permanent housing. So it's down 11% since 2020 uh, and down 55% since 2010. So there's work being done, and we certainly appreciate that those numbers and points of count have been released by the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Good morning once again. Dave Washington here. And I certainly want to acknowledge and express condolences to the family and friends of Larry Phillips, longtime uh, Las Vegas resident, and he went to uh, Rancho High School, if my memory serves me correctly. Great guy, a longtime member, of, well, now former member of the Valley View Golf Club. So to his family, we uh, express condolences. And we will miss the brother, good man. And uh, like I say, I've known Larry for most of my life, starting in in the school, elementary, junior high, and on up. So may God be pleased with the work that he did. Also on this Saturday... Uh, later on today, uh, Coda Simmons will be put to rest by his family, his children, uh, Stacy and Christopher. And I know that Eugene Campbell did a video that I hope that they will show, just kind of gave some acknowledgments to uh, Codis and the work that he did as a firefighter. He was a senior firefighter on the department. So we are pleased that uh, with the work that he did, and, and he was an encouraging person to me. Uh, Codis never really seeked any rank, but he was a a staunch professional, and he took care of business as a firefighter. So once again, we want to acknowledge his family by expressing our condolences to them on the loss of their dad and our friend, firefighter Codis Simmons. 
Alrighty, we're going to have a guest come up. Um, Bob is a golfing friend of mine. He'll be uh, on our show shortly. So with that, uh, I'm waiting for Bob to call in. In fact, uh, let me make sure that he's on the line and uh, we'll get some some discussion from Bob because Bob is actually a veteran, believe it or not. And we do try to get veterans on here so we can talk about some of the things that they have uh, done during their career as military veterans. So we'll be back shortly with uh, Bob Lujan uh, in just a few moments. Once again, good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. I got uh, one of my golfing colleagues on the line this morning to uh, uh, answer a few questions that I have for him. Bob, uh, how are you doing this morning? Fantastic. Great, great. Bob, give the proper pronunciation of your last name because I may have butchered it a few minutes ago. It's Lujano. The J is an H like in San Jose. All right. Lujano, go ahead. Yeah, Bob and I, uh, we golf with a couple of different golf clubs around town. And when I found out that Bob was a veteran, I said, it's perfect for him to, if he'd be willing to come on the show. So, Bob, tell us, what branch of service and how long did you serve? I was in the Air Force for almost 22 years. Mm. Air Force, almost 22 years. So what was your job, Bob? I went to uh, personnel school that later became uh, Human Resources, but a 16-week personnel school and an eight-week technician supervisor school. Hmm, interesting. So did you pursue that, that particular field, HR, Human Resources, after you uh, retired? No, uh, when I retired, as most people do that are senior NCOs that have uh, supervision and uh, supervision of people, Mm -hmm. you always start out at the entry level in civilian life. So uh, I I never got back into the personnel career field. But anyway, I did learn a lot of customer service that Mm -hmm. was applied to all the jobs I had. Mm -hmm. So... What field did you, did you actually pursue work after you you left the military? Yes, as soon as I retired in February of uh, 1980, mm-hmm. I started working for the Spokane Police Department. Then I moved to Tacoma and started working in the uh, information services field. Hmm. Okay. So then, after, after I retired from there, I went working for the a school district uh-huh. and worked as a budget analyst. Oh, you got a, quite a, a, a rich background from a career field standpoint. So you did a few years in each one of those areas and then finally just did a total retirement. Yes. When I left the school district, uh, I had turned 65 and I said, no, it's time to uh, retire and uh, just uh Enjoy life and continue uh, doing my golf thing. All right. Yeah, I should tell you all, Bob's a pretty good golfer. In fact, he's, I call him soft hand Bob because he really has a great, great short game. And I notice as we age, as as some of the guys told me when I first started golfing about 17 years ago, as you age, your distance and length will start to shorten. But one thing about Bob, I'll tell you guys, from a golfing standpoint, it's always down the middle. 
Not very long, but down the middle. So, Bob, how, how long have you actually been golfing? I golfed on and off in the military, and when I retired uh, uh, from my, my last job, I started uh, playing golf a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you joined uh, Valley View, and then the current group uh, that we both enjoy, we like the way Jim Lacasse kind of runs things. He's got a pretty tight program, he and Lamar and— and who's the other gent? Is it Fred? Yeah, yeah. They do a they do a good job in in running that program. So yes, I'm impressed with with the work they did. When I was in Tacoma, I was a annual member there at McCord Air Force Base and uh, belonged to the men's club. Mm-hmm. And they ran a pretty good tight ship. And one year they decided to make me a tournament director, so I learned that part of the job. But mm. uh, all in all. I'm impressed with the way Jim Lacasse runs this golf tournament. I agree. He's doing a, doing a great job, and he has a lot of things to give us all some inf- incentive in terms of uh, how we handle things and and just making sure that we all uh, have a good time out there. And if there's any discrepancies, he generally handles it. And I mentioned Fred. I actually meant to mention Rick. Rick is the other one along with Lamar who uh, assists Jim in, in putting that together for us. So are you married, uh, Bob? I got married in March of 69, March of 19th, and the 3rd of April I was in Vietnam for my second tour while I was in Japan. I've mm. been married 54 years. 54 years, great. I guess my wife and I will not catch you. We're at 51 right now, going toward 52. <laughs> 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 so... Uh, any suggestions that you might give any youth that may be giving thought or consideration to a career in the military? Well, I worked in uh, personnel had that, at that time in the military four different uh, sections, and each section had four work centers. So I probably worked in about 12 of those jobs. But hmm. uh, my experience in 58 when I graduated from high school was I didn't have any plans Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to college, but I couldn't afford it. I loved accounting at that time, detail-minded work. Mm-hmm. But uh, I said, well, I like to travel. Mm-hmm. Let me join the military. And in the military, first of all, you grow up. A man or a woman uh, is just out of high school. You grow up. You become mature. You learn your job. You learn job responsibilities. Mm-hmm. It, it's a grown experience and. uh I got to travel a lot to the Far East and to Europe. And uh, at that time, I did not know that when I kept re-enlisting every four years. But (laughs) then afterwards, I realized that when you retire, you get free medical, which in later years, you find out, boy, the medical plans are so expensive after you retire. And that's when you really need uh, uh, medical uh, coverage. But uh, it's one of the... uh, I guess pluses of the military, you you get free uh, medical, and after 20 years, you retire at 50% of your of your pay. So I had no regrets in the military. I got to travel. I enjoyed it. And my wife was uh, with me uh, in Japan. She was mm-hmm. with me in Los Angeles. She was with me in Italy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we did pretty good. For the young kids, uh, if you don't have any plans and you want to travel and you want to 
uh, join the military and uh, grow up and become mature and learn your responsibilities. Remember, whatever job you learned in the military, if you quit after four years, that training you receive, you're going to apply it to your civilian job, whether you're in roads and grounds, whether you're in electronics, mm -hmm. uh, whether you're in any kind of a field. Uh, the civilian employers would love to have you with that uh, experience uh, where you apply hands-on training. And you, pre and you get promoted quick. You advance quick. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So, Bob, where, where are you and your wife from? And how, and how long from, have you lived in Las Vegas? I'm from Tulare, California, in the San Joaquin Valley between Fresno and Bakersfield. Hmm. And my wife, I met her in Japan. We worked in the same building. Oh, really? Uh, and, and when I met her in, in 1969. Hmm. So we've been together a long time. Hmm. And uh, I met her, and after a year there, I passed her out for coffee, and then we started getting closer together. So before I went to Vietnam, I said, you want to get married before or after I come back from Vietnam? She says, before, before. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. That's interesting. Me and my wife, we got married in the middle of my two years because I was a draftee and, uh, in the United States Army. But that's very interesting. You're from Northern California. Well, they're actually the middle of the state. Middle, Okay. Brothers and sisters. Uh, I come from a large family. Uh, we we had uh, fourteen. My mother had fourteen kids, seven, wow. uh, six brothers and seven sisters. So it was kind of a situation where, when my father died uh, in nineteen forty nine, when I was ten years old, she kind huh. of be, became. Uh, the matriarch of all the family of all of the uh, kids, and uh, I, I learned after my two brothers got married in twenty at twenty two. Mm -hmm. I said to myself, "When I get married, I'm going to make sure that uh, I uh, don't get divorced because right. the only thing that suffer are the kids." That's true. So I didn't get married till I was thirty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. you could say I was at that time mentally mature. I bet. Well, I sure appreciate you coming on, Bob, and, and, and you, I think you share some very interesting suggestions to young folks because you don't think about that when you're young, but all of the qualities, the experience that you gain while in the military, those uh, can be right on, right, rightfully so, converted right into military life. So, Bob, thank you, and I look forward to having you back on the show sometime in the future and certainly appreciate the opportunity to play golf with you on Mondays, my friend. So take care and tell your wife we said hello. And once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. Take care. Good morning once again. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I have another guest that we will be talking to shortly. In fact, uh, we just had Bob on, uh, Chip, so it's your turn in the hot seat. We appreciate you coming on. <laughs> no problem, brother. So, Chip, uh, Chip tell us, how, where are you from and how long have you lived in Las Vegas? I'm from Washington, D.C., born and raised. Mm. Uh, most recently, I was in Bowie, Maryland for the 20 years right before I moved here, uh -huh. which was about four and a half years ago. Okay. And uh, I'm loving it. 
I'm loving the no snow, no ice climate. <laughs> <laughs> no snow. So uh, in terms of family, brothers and sisters. I have uh, an older brother, mm-hmm. and we grew up together pretty much without my single family, a single parent household. Okay. And uh, and then I have a, a, a little, a younger sister. Uh, my dad got remarried and had a, you know, they had a baby, baby girl. Okay. I have a, a, a I call her a little sister, but she's close to forty. <laughs> I hear you. So, born and raised in the D.C. area. Now, one thing that that really piqued my interest in you when we when we first met a few years back, and you had arrived in town, and being a, another one of our my avid golfing type buddies, um, you told me you work for Census. So, give us an indication of what's that's all about and the importance of it, if you would. Sure, uh, I again, yeah, I was with the Census Bureau for about 31 plus years. Mm. I was, uh, when I retired, I was a senior IT manager working the uh, the 2020 decennial census mm-hmm. in an IT capacity, basically monitoring an IT contract, uh, close to $2 billion contract um, to, to set up and, and maintain the infrastructure that was used for the 2020 census, which is a that's the biggest uh, operation the federal government puts on outside of any military operation. Wow. The, the, the decennial census, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, during my, my 31 years, I did a, a host of things in the IT area. I, I pretty much a systems analyst programmer. Mm-hmm. I was a business analyst. I was the IT project manager. And, and as I just stated, I was an IT services uh, contracting officer's representative where I did oversight of the the work being done, the contracting work, mm-hmm. I was doing the tracking, getting what it paid for. So what did you do prior prior to joining them? Was there any other work experience prior to joining them? No, I was in school prior to that. I uh, graduated from Hampton University back oh. in 1987 in, in Hampton, Virginia, uh-huh. HBCU. Right. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, yeah, pretty much uh, eight months after graduation, I started working with the Census Bureau and never looked back. Wow, that's that's really cool. And I, and I, re- I retired in December. I was here. Uh-huh. So I finished out that COVID year and uh, and said, you know, that's enough. I, I can. I was doing good financially, so I was able to retire, which I'll talk a little bit more about that retirement later. But, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I, had, I had a great time. Excellent. So you joined after your college time. In fact, that's, that's where Gene Campbell's son uh, got his uh, bachelor's from Hampton. Uh, oh, yeah. Must be a smart guy. Then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now where's your wife from? She's from southeast Missouri. Okay. But she uh, ended up in L.A. with her aunts and uncles mm-hmm. uh, when she turned 14 on a Went out to a for a two week vacation to L.A. and they ended up talking her into staying and attending and finishing high school in L.A. Mm. And one of her counselors uh, strongly, and I mean strongly, encouraged her to go to Howard University. She didn't let her apply to any other school, mm. so she ended up in, at Howard in Washington D.C. And uh, she ended up working for the Census Bureau, and that's where we met at the Census Bureau. But, yeah, she she has Missouri Southern Missouri roots. 
uh, interesting in this uh, the HBCU hookup. In fact, uh, yeah. you know, you know, uh, Burt Washington, Chief Burt Washington, he's one of the yeah. younger colleagues. Yeah, Burt went to Howard. Sure did, and I think uh, he, got, he got his master's here at UNLV. Yeah, in fact, uh, nice. I had Gene and Bert on uh, two weeks ago, I believe it is, I believe it was. But uh, excellent. So y'all met at Howard, where she was at Howard University at when you met her. No, at Census. Oh, so at she, Census. She, she, had, at she had gone to Howard, then came to work for Census, and that's where you met. Exactly, yes, sir. Okay, okay. So... Can you share any thoughts that you may have with respect to why people in particular, I think blacks and browns, I don't think that they file that information as readily and as often and just doing it, period. You need, any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, most people really don't understand what happens to the census data after uh, it's collected, and it's only every 10 years. So, right. you know, somebody 15 years old, they have no idea. Um, but anyway, the Census Bureau data is used to help the government distribute and just distribute to the states and local and tribal governments. Mm -hmm. It's $1 trillion a year. Mm. And they use census data to determine who to send that money to, where to send it, and how much money to send those places. And it's largely based on population sizes, which means it's people's responses to the census. So if you don't respond, uh, you're part of the, you know, you, 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 you're part of the problem of not getting the resources that you want. The more and better you respond to the census questionnaires, right. the more you are helping your community receive the services and funding from, it starts with the federal government, but it's pretty pretty much pushed directly to the states, and then the states run their programs mm -hmm. to to do Medicaid, Medicaid, and, and you know housing, health, everything. So, what? How many questions generally is it? And, and and can you share some of the types of questions that may be asked that that may make people fearful, if you will, if for lack of a better word. Yeah, and uh, so the Census Bureau is pretty much broken up into three major program areas. Mm -hmm. There's the decennial census that everybody knows. Whenever you say census, that's what everybody thinks about, the decennial census. That's basically an operation we put on every 10 years, mm -hmm. we or they now, mm -hmm. <laughs> every 10 years, to right. count every person in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, there's two other program areas. There's a demographic program area, and they pretty much do – annual surveys you know, at a much smaller uh, okay. uh, participation. So mm -hmm. if a person receives a census questionnaire for a survey, mm -hmm. um, that person should really look at it as like 50 people in their neighborhood. They're right. answering for all 50 people. Their answers will count for all of the 50 people that they're representing. So it's critical not only to do the decennial census, but any other type of census related uh, surveys that that you happen to be contacted for. It's mm. imperative that you respond. You respond in a timely manner. Uh -huh. You're only helping your community and you're only hurting your community when you don't respond. And you're saying that that's, that's the one that's done annually. It's more of a survey. The, yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's where they gather information um, like, uh, you know, how many people live there, mm -hmm. what, you know, their race and uh, <laughs> kind of occupation they might have. Mm -hmm. What kind of health issue, major health issues they might have, 
And you can see how all of that information is going to help determine how much money and what types of resources that community needs. Right. So you and, mean, you and mean, the other thing, the other thing you mentioned about uh, people being nervous about uh-huh. answering the question. Right. And I'll give, I'll give you a good example. Back in World War II, the Japanese folks were, uh, well, the United States government was a little afraid of the Japanese Americans mm-hmm. not knowing who was a spy and who wasn't. So right. the government, some, some like I think it was the FBI, reached out to the Census Bureau for a list of all Japanese residents. The Census Bureau said, no, we cannot give out that data. We are constitutionally mm. mandated to keep that data confidential. We don't give it to anybody. When that went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled in the Census Bureau's favor, said, nope, Census cannot give that data out. Mm. Not at that level. You can never identify a single person based on any census output. Now, so uh, yeah, your data is safe. Your personal information is extremely right. safe with the cool. Census Bureau. Cool. So you said there's three areas. So you mentioned the main, the 10-year one, then the survey that could come out annually to just a target yep. few people. And then the next area yep. is what? It's, we call it the economic program, uh-huh. economic program area. And that's where they, they have developed a database of every business in the United States. Mm. And they'll send surveys out to those businesses and they'll ask business type questions, right. your revenue, your income, your, your cost um, to run your business, those mm. kinds of questions so that uh, people can, can, you know, gauge and take a look at what, how we're doing economically in the United States, not only um, demographically. And those economic folks, they do what they call an economic census mm-hmm. every five years mm. versus the 10 years for decennial. So, so every five years, they reach out to every business and ask about 10 or 12, 10 or 20 questions that business. And they maintain that data, you know, throughout, the, you know, five years mm-hmm. when, before they go out and ask again. And anybody can go to the census.gov website and, and you can see that it's designed to help people know what's going on or, or who's in their community. What, what, how many people, what, what types of people, men, women, right. um, race, uh, age, they have. Uh-huh. It, it's amazing how much data, it, and it's all free. It's all public information. It's all out there. And businesses use that. Other businesses will use that to help with their help develop their marketing right. and target strategy. Man, that is so interesting. You know, I'm, you know I've, I've learned something today because my assumption was the 10-year, that's it. But you're saying uh-huh. five years, they do a survey type that may go to, an, excuse me, that one will be more the business area. And then the one year yep. can go to anyone in the community and you're, you're representing a group of people as you uh, decide to respond or not respond. You're taking a That's lot right. of responsibility in your hands to, to deny right. something that you may need. Cause I know you mentioned uh, the various medical such as uh, Medicare, Medicaid, those types of things. Those monies are divvied up based upon uh, the need for that particular community. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, this is okay. this is very, 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 very good information. So tell me, what would you uh, share or uh, suggest to anyone who may be interested in that particular profession? Be they young, so, be they old. Yeah, so I, the IT field is, is pretty popular. Uh, students, they all know about the IT field. There's mm-hmm. this different disciplines. Mm-hmm. You've got your systems analyst, which was like me, basically a programmer, 
And uh, then you got your web developers, you've got your system administrators, you got your folks that do IT infrastructure, you've got your folks that do IT security, and then you got your project management. So there's different disciplines that you can choose to focus on if you're in the IT field. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one or more of those may pique your interest. And I, I encourage folks to look, look into those try to take a class in, in all of the ones you think might be interested, interesting for you, and then you can decide which path you want to go down further. But it's a, it's a wonderful field to get in. Um, it's job security, uh-huh. <laughs> probably nothing like it. Um, it. That's in terms of the IT field. You know, the I, second part is, is working just at, at, as a federal employee. Uh-huh. And federal uh Employees, you know that that's every discipline you can think of. Mm-hmm. Doctors, lawyers, um, the IT folks, you know every discipline. Uh, the administrative side, accountants, right? Um, uh, business managers. Mm-hmm. I, I would encourage people to go to. There's a website called USA Jobs. Mm-hmm. All one word. USA Jobs. You can filter on the different jobs or disciplines that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, and you can have the website email you if, if, if a job opening comes up. Right. Okay. And you can also you can also limit it to a specific geographic area. So if mm-hmm. you say Las Vegas, Nevada, any job in the IT area, send me an email and you'll you'll get an email. You don't have to keep checking every day. You just right. wait for your email. Right. You know? Very interesting and, and great information you shared. Chip, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and I look forward no again to our next opportunity out on the golf course, man. So we got to hit them long, hit them straight. Uh, That's Chip, right. Thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate you. All right, brother. All right. Take, take care. care. Once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. We had two wonderful guests today, uh, Bob and Chip.